0: negative emotion exists to serve you. It might not feel like that at first, but I want to challenge you to shift your perspective. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast coming to you with something really important. In life, there are gonna be good times and there's gonna be bad times. The emotion, the label that we get or attach to those events in our life are gonna dictate the quality of life that we have on a day-to-day basis, how we feel from time to time. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of the podcast, the nine negative emotions and how they exist to serve you and increase the value of your life. Now, if you view every negative emotion as a positive message to help you, imagine how much richness your life will have and how that will serve you in dispensing your full potential. I'm going to go through the nine negative emotions what they actually mean, and how you can view them and use them to improve the quality of your life. Each and every negative emotion boils down to one main concept. You need to change something. That something being one of two things, either your perception or what you're actually doing to get that negative emotion to come out. So we're going to dive right into this. The first negative emotion is fear. It means you need to prepare for something. That's literally what that negative emotion exists to tell you. You're afraid because you need to prepare for something. If you did prepare, but you still feel fear in that moment, you need to literally tell your brain that you're ready. Say, I am prepared and move on. One example of this is public speaking. One of the biggest fears that people have is public speaking. Now, if you imagine going into a room full of, let's say, 500 people, and you didn't do your homework, you didn't prepare on what to talk about, you're likely going to feel very afraid because you're not prepared. However, if you have done your due diligence, knowing who your audience is, what the message is, planned and outlined what you're going to say, and practice that several times, going into that situation, you're going to have a lot much more confidence, which overrides fear because you have that preparation done ahead of time. Now, you might be saying, well, Adam, I've done that. I prepared for weeks and weeks and I go up to speak and I still feel nervous. I still feel fearful. Now, I'm gonna challenge you. There's two things to do in this situation if fear still creeps in. The first is you literally, like I said, have to tell your brain that I am ready for this. I did my homework, I prepared. So that literally shows evidence that you are ready to take on this task. Now, if that still doesn't work, The second thing is change the label that you have on that feeling. Think about this. I want you to think about the last big vacation that you went on. Maybe it was have family reunion. Maybe it was traveling abroad. But think about a time when you had a really amazing vacation that you were really excited about. There was a lot of anticipation. There was a lot of emotion. So much so that the night before you left, you couldn't sleep because you were so excited. The key word that I keep saying is excited that you had an intense emotion because you were excited, you had that feeling. Now, I want you to change that memory and think about something that you were really nervous about. Think about something like going into an exam, maybe a final, maybe it was a job interview, or maybe you were going to have an interesting conversation with someone and you didn't know how it would turn out. Think about that moment and feel that feeling that you had. What I want you to notice is that feeling, that emotion that you have in the second situation where you tied fear to it is exactly the same as the emotion in the first example when you were going to have a really exciting vacation. The only difference between the two is the label that you choose to attach to that emotion. Think about it, those emotions, the intensity were exactly the same. The only difference is your perspective. You tied fear to one, probably thinking down, what if this, what if that, da, 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 the emotion was still there. The excitement where you couldn't sleep because you were literally so excited for it, that emotion was the same, but it was hued in a positive light. You were so excited. I can't wait to get there. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm on vacation. All of these emotions, right, tied to that label. So the second tip is think about what label you're putting on it. Is it really fear or is it really excitement? They're both one and the same. The only difference is the label that you attach to it. So if you're going into, let's go back to the example of giving a presentation, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so fearful. What if this? What if that? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. One, feed yourself the knowledge that you did the work ahead of time. And two, label it as exciting. Wow, what an awesome opportunity. I'm so excited to get to connect with these people. I'm so excited because I prepared ahead of time that I feel confident in order to do this. Try this out, change the label, put in the work ahead of time to plan, and that should shift your fear into excitement. The second negative emotion is hurt. The feeling of hurt means that an expectation that you have is not being met. This is actually the root of unhappiness when you have an expectation that's not met. Think of any time in your life where you felt unhappy, regardless of what happened, what someone did to you, Uh, something that didn't turn out well, whatever that might've been, if you boil it down to the simple common denominator, it was that you went into the situation with an expectation and it wasn't met. Literally, that is the root of unhappiness and the real reason why we feel hurt. Now, when you have an expectation that's not met, you should focus on what you do want now in that moment. Don't keep focusing on why you're disappointed how somebody disappointed you, or why you feel so hurt by them. Instead, focus that your expectation wasn't met, simplify the fact, and that you need to change your approach. That's the one way to look at hurt. The other way is that hurt is a feedback, meaning that you need to change your communication. Maybe you expected someone to treat you a certain way, and they did not treat you that way. So you need to come to them and tell them, I know this sounds super simple, but really clearing communication will really help with the hurt process. Because again, going back to what we started with, it's because an expectation is not met or met at a level that you expected it to be. So if you communicate what your expectation is, that will allow either that expectation to be met or for you to make a change in setting a better, more realistic expectation for that moment in time. You can come to a person, maybe it's a person that made you feel hurt, and say, hey, when you communicate this way to me, I interpret it to mean you didn't care. In the past, I've interpreted that to mean that you don't. However, I know you do care, but could you help me this way? Could you just understand my expectation? Is this realistic? Can we, can we work something out in this way? Then listen. Set the expectation and communicate your needs better, more clearly to the other person, or understand that maybe it wasn't about you, maybe it was about them. Maybe that their needs are so that you can meet them better. Maybe they need to clarify what they need and want because if you don't meet their needs, that might be why they didn't meet yours because you didn't have clear expectation. And when that happens, that leads to that feeling of hurt. So boiling this down, the whole emotion of hurt, it's because you're either not meeting the other person's needs if a person's involved or you're not communicating how to have your needs met. Uh, An excellent resource, if you're looking to really understand relationships better and have clear communication, is a phenomenal book on love languages. I will put a link in the show notes for this book. I highly recommend it, not just for intimate relationships, romantic relationships, but relationships that you have professionally with your colleagues. In all areas of your life, if you understand how people receive affection, how people receive messages, what their expectations are, That'll totally change the game. Some people might love words of appreciation, whereas others, it's all about gifts. It might be that a physical touch, they really like hugs, but other people might be really off-put by that. So understanding what people's needs and expectations are will allow you to meet them in a better light That's they're more receptive to. So I highly recommend this book. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, really great for anyone in any capacity to increase how you meet and set expectations with others and how you can best meet them so so that those are served and how you can communicate your needs and preferences so those can be met by others in your life. The third negative emotion is anger. If you have a major rule in your life that's been violated, this is where anger comes from. It may be from someone else violating your rule, someone doing you wrong, or you had a rule that was broken by another person bringing up anger. Uh, maybe, for example, one of your rules is to drive a certain way, but someone cuts you off or someone's going under the speed limit in the left lane. That might be a big rule for you. That might be huge. So if someone's doing that, it can lead to anger or road rage. That's just one example that, uh, of a simple way that might manifest. So if you violated one of your own rules, maybe you set rules for, for your own life and you violated those, you might be angry at yourself. You're not doing what you believe you must do. Sometimes if we get angry with ourselves, we spread that towards someone else to find someone else to lay blame on. So this is why self-awareness is so important and key and just having an inner check with yourself. When you have these negative emotions, it's not a bad thing. It's a signal that you need to really take an assessment and awareness for why this feeling exists and how you can learn from it so that you can shift and turn that into just an awareness Peace and awareness of emotion to shift that towards a positive, uplifting emotion to better serve you. The fourth negative emotion is frustration. What you're doing isn't working and you need to change. That's literally the feeling of frustration simplified. Know that you still can succeed, but in order to do that, you have to make a change. That's what this emotion serves to tell you, is that something's not working out and you need to change so that it can work out or you can change what that expectation is. Change, and you can still get what you want, which will eliminate that frustration and lead you more into a feeling of success and achievement. The fifth negative emotion is disappointment. If you expected something to happen and it's not going to, this can lead you to feel disappointed. So immediately, what you want to do is focus on what you do want and what you want now in that moment. It's a message that you need to get off of it, get off of that feeling of disappointment that you need to let go of something and focus on what you want now. Think about that, guys. When you feel disappointed in a situation or someone else, it's because something didn't follow through. So think about what right now in that moment you want and need to shift that feedback of disappointment into something that can be met in that moment. This will help you to get out of that and shift towards a positive uplifting state the sixth negative emotion is guilt and this hits home for a lot of people because so many of us are living with guilt with shame from things that happened to us or we did many many years ago maybe even way back in our childhood this can linger for years for decades for some people for their whole life and this can really be a a limiting and really self-depreciating feeling so i want to spend a little extra time on this to help you understand where that comes from and how you can use it to advance and move past it. So guilt simply is a message that tells you that you have violated one of your own standards. You need to do something immediately to be certain that you won't do this again. You're having that pain of guilt because your brain is telling you, you just violated one of your most important standards in your life. You just violated one of your own values. You won't escape this pain until you make yourself certain that you're not going to do this again. Some people, like I mentioned, just keep going back in their mind and feel guilty of what they did in the past. They literally keep reliving that and punishing themselves internally, mentally, over and over and over and over again. That does not serve you. Guilt can be useful if you take it, learn from it, and move forward. But if you stay stuck in that pattern, you stay stuck in that feeling of guilt, it will do nothing but hold you back. And the longer that goes on, the more intense and uh, really devaluing that will be to yourself. So simply guilt is a message saying to you that you need to get clear on your own rules and commit to them no matter what, that you're not going to break those rules again. Make it a crystal clear agreement with yourself, move forward, and that guilt will dissolve. The purpose of guilt is to make sure you don't violate your own standards and make sure you commit to them in the future. Now, this is something that really needs that back to that self-awareness and self-assessment, because we talk about setting your rules and your standards. As a lot of you are healthcare providers, we're very type A people, we set high standards. So this might be a point of a question you want to ask yourself. It could be that your standards are unreasonable. Like, Maybe you have a standard of being perfect and never making a mistake. So if you did 10,000 things right, but the 10,000 and first thing was flawed, you could be beating yourself up over that one thing that might've been really simple, like being 30 seconds late to work or missing a deadline by an hour, something, you know, that might be unreasonable, but you're just really pushing and punishing yourself for that. So really assess, are your standards reasonable for where you are in your life? be aware that some of the feedback from these emotions may be that you have totally unfair rules for yourself, that they may be too rigid for other people and they feel like they can't keep up with them. So that causes guilt in your life as well. Take a self-assessment of yourself, really being aware of this process of where this guilt comes from in your life can be huge so that you can acknowledge it, act on it and move forward out of guilt. Is there anything more frustrating than not loving your lifestyle? Living day-to-day feeling completely exhausted, being overweight, and totally stressed out all the time? If this sounds like you, you are not alone. The food industry is in business to supersize their wallet and, in turn, your waistline. The fitness industry is riddled with MLM schemes and Google degree coaches selling cookie-cutter plans that promise to get you fit, but in reality, don't work for... Why does being healthy have to be such a double-edged sword? You should be able to both love your lifestyle and feel healthy instead of feeling like you have to suffer in order to succeed or starve to death to lose those last few pounds. If you would like to live a guilt-free lifestyle that you actually enjoy, I've got you covered. The Fit Pharmacist community has a special coaching program, Fit Farm Fam, where we offer no contract coaching and more importantly, a supportive community from people who actually practice what we preach. We've successfully lost weight and kept it off consistently, as well as transformed ourselves from scrawny to swole. If you want to legitimately do the same, we are in the business of making your birthday suit the best you've ever been in. And together, our coaches have done it for over 10 years. Click the link below in the show notes so that you can get started to apply for this exclusive group. Do not wait because you are worth it. Let's get this party started by getting ready to dispense your full potential. P.S. Carbs are included. The seventh one, the seventh negative emotion, is kind of a combination of three. That's being overwhelmed, helpless, or depressed. When you feel this way, it means that you're putting too much on your plate at once, uh, these feelings I have found are really time bound. And what I mean by that is, yes, it's great to have a to-do list, to do things, to set out and want to achieve, but what's the timeline you're putting on those? If you're looking to cure diabetes, graduate, uh, you know, write this term paper and publish a book in one day, guess what? You're going to feel overwhelmed because there's so much to do with each one of those, let alone all of them at once that it can really feel overwhelming, making you feel less adequate, depressed, or maybe even helpless in achieving those. So really look at what your to-do lists are and what the timeline is on those. Uh, The simple solution to this is to change your chunking. Instead of trying to do a thousand things in one day, really task-orient and prioritize those. Change your chunking, the things that you do and the deadlines that are attached to them. That will really help to shift you out of this negative emotion. But again, it serves to be kind of an awareness signal that something needs to change. You might ask yourself, yes, I realize I'm in this negative state. I feel helpless. I feel depressed. I feel overwhelmed. But where do I start? How do I get out of it? Start where you are. Sit down and reprioritize. Yes, you might have a thousand things to do, but if you do, it'll really make you feel that way, which leads to these emotions. Take a step back, Look at all the things and reprioritize. Break them into chunks. So maybe you have 10 things to do. So realistically, give yourself three days to do them. So of those, which would be first you do today? Which would you be able to do tomorrow? And which ones might take a little more time to follow through? So you have those do three days from now. Sit down, reprioritize, and then take action. Action is the ultimate cure-all, especially with these emotions. You need to stop trying to do everything at once, and you need to make a list of what you need to do and do one thing well. As soon as you do one thing well, you'll feel like you're in control of your life again. You'll have that sense of accomplishment, and that will build the momentum so that you fuel yourself to say, hey, I did number one, so I can do number two. I can do number three because I did number one and two and so forth. This is how the momentum cascade works. And it works by starting. It works by taking action and successfully completing one task. So one tip is to make your one task, something that will move the needle, something that will empower you to make progress on your goals, but don't make it so lofty that it's going to take you days to get the one thing done. One of the simplest things you can do is to make your bed every day. I know this sounds super simple, but if you make your bed, how long does that take? Right? Not very long. But if you set out to do that, it's done. You're now more organized. You're going to feel a sense of accomplishment, and that's going to really fuel you with confidence so that you're like, oh, I did that. I can now do the second thing. I know that seems super simple, and making your bed isn't going to cure everything, but that's going to set the tone to give you that momentum and feeling of accomplishment so that you can really get in to your list with already having a success in your day. So there's a lot of wins by just making your bed, but just one simple tip that'll help you get that momentum started so you can keep crushing that list. If you keep one commitment to yourself, all of a sudden you're going to feel good again and shift to making progress like you're in control of your life again. The eighth negative emotion is feeling alone. This is a message that you need to connect with people. Maybe you've been grinding so hard on your work, on your endeavors, on on your degree, whatever that might be, that you've inadvertently put attention and time away from the people most important in your life, your friends, your family, your significant other. If you do that over extended periods of time, yeah, you're going to feel alone. So if you feel alone, that's just a signal that you need to reconnect with people. Spend some time, make a phone call. Uh, Go and visit someone for a a little bit. Just reconnect with those people. By changing your perception and going to interact with people, meeting new people, connecting with someone, or going to give and serve, that's going to allow you to really use that signal of feeling alone to take action in interacting, serving, and reconnecting with people that are important in your life or making connections with new people that can help uplift you and be great additions to your life. Use this signal to invest in the people that mean most to you and have been through life with you so that you can do life with them. The ninth feeling and final negative emotion is feeling inadequate. You need to change your standards because you're being unfair to yourself. That's simply what this feeling means. It literally means that you're being too hard on yourself. Now, I talk a lot about setting goals and progress and everything else, but sometimes we can make those a little bit too unrealistic at first. So, if you want to cure diabetes by the end of this week, that's probably going to make you feel inadequate if you really believe that you must do this. Now, maybe that's a great goal for the long term, but coming back to chunking and being realistic, setting realistic standards for yourself, it's great to push yourself and strive, but if you focus on doing too many things, in a short period of time, it can lead you to feel inadequate. It might also mean that you need to get more committed to mastering this area. Maybe you set out to read one book a month and you did not put the time in. So coming the end of the month, the book's not even started and you're going to feel inadequate. Well, if you're not putting the time in to achieve your goal consistently, that's going to lead you to feel that way. So we talked about the first thing, being more realistic and being kinder to yourself. But the second way is take an honest assessment. Are you actually putting in the work to achieve what you're setting out to do? So think maybe you need to just put more time and be more committed or focused in the endeavor that you're looking to accomplish. Change your standards. You won't master something right off the bat, but repetition is the mother of skill. You've heard me say this time and time again anything you do over and over again, you're going to get good at. So again, it comes to what you're looking to achieve. Setting high goals for yourself is great, but you need to check and see where you are in that process. Don't expect to master something the first time doing it. It's going to take practice. It's going to take consistency. Um, I talk with my clients all the time who are setting out on a new weight loss goal, or they're looking to get stronger in the gym, or they're looking to really master their nutrition, but they haven't really approached it in this way before. And they can get really discouraged and hard on themselves if they don't master everything on day one, or in week one, they're not like the, the goal setter in the gym, you know, like hitting all the weights or whatever their goal might be. You need to really take an assessment of where you are and start there. If you feel inadequate, it may be because your standard is that you expect to be perfect the first time you try something. This might sound ridiculous hearing it, but how many times do we do this ourselves? So taking the self-awareness is key. If you feel inadequate, really take an assessment. Are you being kind to yourself? Do you have realistic standards? Are you putting in the work with the standards that are realistic? So this is just one thing that you can do. This is the most common internal struggle uh, that a lot of us uh, healthcare providers have because most of us are type A. We are trying to achieve and and do good things for ourselves and accomplish them so that we can do better things for others. But I really want you to, to think about, are they realistic? And are you putting the time in? Make that timeline, make that goal line for achieving what you're setting out to do. So guys, I went over the nine negative emotions. And hopefully you can see that while in the moment, that initial feeling might feel depreciating. Why am I feeling this way? Like this feels terrible. I hope that you can see that they actually serve a purpose. They're really signals of awareness so that you can use them to really take a, take a checkpoint of why you're feeling that way, use it as kind of a feedback, and then pivot to make changes so that you can move on from that and move into a state of empowerment. To sum those nine negative emotions up, they are the result of your expectations not being met. The reason that these benefit you is that the negative emotion, like I said, is simply feedback that you need to change. Simply, that's, that's what we just covered in these nine negative emotions. They are useful and serve you, but they can crush you if you indulge in them and dwell on them for too long. Focusing on the negative feeling instead of getting the message of learning and moving on from that feeling, moving away from progress and staying stuck, fixated on that feeling is not going to serve you the longer you stay there the stronger that's going to be so i challenge you to use these and view them as positive feedback that there needs to be a change you need to take action on it and move away from that so that you can make that change to meet where you're looking to go the solution to all nine of these negative emotions comes from focus focus on what you want now take action on getting there from the point and feedback that these negative emotions have served you. All too often, we label negative emotions as problems. But I challenge you to shift your perspective on problems altogether. Problems are gifts that ask us to dig in and figure out who we are, what we're made of, and what we can give to life. Guys, the secret to living is giving. So use what we covered today to focus on how you can go forth be great, and dispense your full potential. I hope you guys found these tips helpful. Uh, We all experience these these nine negative emotions from time to time. A lot of times they can get very intense, and that intensity increases the longer that we dwell and stay focused on that negative emotion. My goal with this podcast is to give you skills from real-life experience in the trenches from healthcare for what can get in our way and hold us back may actually be things that are there to serve us so that we can take action and move forward from those. I hope you found these helpful. Uh, please put a comment below letting me know which one of these most helped you that you are really looking to uh, focus and learn from. Not We all go through nine, all nine of them, but I want you to share with me what one are you going to commit to right now and focus on changing your perspective on so that you can use it to serve you instead of feel trapped and victim to it, locked in that mindset for long periods of time because that's not going to serve you. It's going to keep you stay trapped. Guys, please, uh, I really appreciate all of your support on this. Please leave a rating and review on the podcast. That's how this is going to grow organically and reach people so that they can use these to break free of the own trap that we set in our mind and move forward to dispense our full potential. Really appreciate you guys tag someone. Please share this podcast with someone that you feel it would help them to move forward. Guys, I appreciate all of your love and support. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Adam Martin from the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fan, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show. I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support.